Hey, Dog Walk listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. All right, Big Bang, today is Tuesday. It's October 19th. Welcome to the Dog Walk, presented by Barstool Sports. Chief, how are you today? I'm good. Back. Covered this weekend. Feel good. Back? Yourself? Yeah, back, I feel like. I was, said, I was dragging last you week You presented a bit. back like you went somewhere. Mentally, all, all mentally of last bad. week you were dragging. I a little bit, I think so. Yeah, I think L- I was you're just, right. Last week was a long ass week. Long week. I was a little tired under it. So a couple White Sox games. Couple yeah, yeah. I was just tired. Blackhawks opener. Yep. They fucking stink. Oh my god, dude. There, it's. <laughs> we'll see what happens to, at home tomorrow night. But it's yeah. been a rough start. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, you know what though? You know what could cheer you up? What's that? Some nice Gale Street in. Oh, that you know that is one thing. Like, yeah, I was talking to my mom this weekend, and uh, you know, her one of her like sayings is "food is love." Food is love. <laughs> so that is the case. So if you're trying to get through a Blackhawks game or just get through the week, or you want to do something nice for somebody, just send them send them over to Gale Street. Give them a gift certificate. Order some food. It is the best. Yeah. So they're located forty nine fourteen North Milwaukee. There's a Jeff Park Blue Line. Uh, bus stop, train stop right there. You could go get off right there. And uh, maybe if you're going to O'Hare, go a little early, get yep. some dinner. Um, they're also on the Toast app, I know. Go to galestreet.com. You can put your order in. Um, I mean, I'm telling you people. I know, like, a lot of a lot of our fan base, I know, lives lives east and they live mm-hmm. out here. but And uh, they might have their rib places carved in. But, like, honestly, yeah. like, I can't endorse something harder. I it, really can't. If they have a, their own rib place... And it's not Gale Street. It's just because they don't know. So like yeah, that, and that's, like, listen, you know, I like other rip places too. Like there are other. I haven't rip found one better than Gale Street in Chicago. So listen, go check it out. Okay, go check it out. Galestreet.com, dot com forty nine fourteen North Milwaukee. It's awesome. You will love the ribs. Ribs travel as well, so don't be afraid mm-hmm. to get them uh, delivered over to you in Lakeview or wherever you're at. So once again, galestreet.com, 4914 North Milwaukee. Go get some ribs. I might do it for tonight's home opener. There you go. I like that. Yep. I like that. Um, okay, so what's the topic of the day? Yeah, th- this is a, a topic that has been kind of in the documentary space for several years now, and it's, it's really go- it's the water war. So you have like it's the, the western United States and, and really the southwestern United States has had this drought going on forever and you know for a really long time and it's getting really really bad if you look at some of these you know lake mead and some of these other uh lakes and and rivers around around that part of the country there's they call it the colorado river river basin and that's what we're going to be talking about the most it's really drying up uh quite a bit to the point that you know the colorado river starts in like the rocky mountains and it used to flow all the way down into mexico and then out uh into the ocean doesn't do that anymore Stops dry in Mexico. And it's a big problem because it, you know, have you heard of the Hoover Dam? I have. Okay, so that's that's the Colorado River. Uh, the Colorado River supplies, it's like the only water source for like the California Basin. Uh, I think it's, I'm trying to think of the exact name of that basin um, or that valley where they just grow like a shit ton of food. It's like the largest agricultural output center uh, in the country, like by a pretty wide margin, mm-hmm. so they they're in charge of our food, all electricity, all this, and then you know there's all sorts of like indigenous communities, uh, the Navajo that rely on that water supply that they just can't get water now, and it's it's a growing and growing 
problem and crisis that there's a lot of factors and people are really starting to look for solutions. And one family that has put together a, you know, a solution is the Waltons, meaning that, you know, the Walton family is the, their father uh, was the founder of Walmart and their solution to this ongoing water crisis in the Southwestern United States is to just privatize it. So they want to own the Colorado river and have all the water rights to it. So as we know from talking about water on this show, mm-hmm. this seems like a very smart move by the Waltons. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about, I think we've talked about it before, but that water th- wars episode, water wars. Yeah. And we had, uh, we did a water wars episode. Yeah, we did. Huh, I don't Egypt remember. Egypt and, uh, Oh, uh, international. Yeah. Internationally, yeah. not, not us based, but like right. we also learned that everything affects everything. So. Right. It's all kind of interconnected and, and, they want to they want to buy up the water and treat it basically as a commodity, and we we also have talked about on Sirius and and this show and other places, uh, Doctor Michael Burry from The Big Short. Well, if you watch the The Big Short, like the last ending slide, which is just a black screen with white text, be like, oh, what are these people up to now? And it's like Doctor Michael Burry is invested in one thing, water, and it's like, oh, like fresh water supply. So it's like this is interesting. You got that guy. You got the richest family in the world. It's kind of weird that it. I don't like the Waltons have insane money. So mm-hmm. their their family net worth, like the combined, which is mostly divided among six people, is two hundred and thirty eight billion dollars. It is a fuck ton of money. It's a lot. And you know, it's it's Alice, Jim, and I want to say he doesn't go by Junior, but it's like Sam Walton Junior. It's like S something Junior. Uh, as something Walton Jr. Those are like the big three, and their their shares alone are worth I think the lowest share worth of just like the just their equity in Walmart, which Walmart makes something like a hundred million dollars a day. Okay, now it's not all profit for, to them per day, yeah. but they're still making crazy money. Like those six those six richest people at Walmart make more are worth more than like the remain than forty three percent of the country. And those, and so they're so wealthy, but you never really hear about them, right? Like no. you hear about, you know, Bezos and Zuckerberg, and then if you, you know, um, you know, kind of the uh, on the left and the right in terms of people who are like trying to wield political power. You have like George Soros is on the left, and you have the Koch brothers on the right, and you have these like names that are like of these wealthy people. Bill Gates, who is very involved in public policy. You just never really hear from the Waltons. Maybe because it's not sexy, right? Like Musk and his fucking solar powered and his mm-hmm. spaceship cars and Amazon Bezos with his new way that he's going to take over everything. Yeah. I guess that's sexy, right? I think that's definitely part of it. And maybe and maybe it's by design. Maybe they don't want to be in the public light so much. But like, And they, I mean, they all live in Arkansas still, yeah. right? Uh, maybe not, but. I mean, I that's, where the, that's, where, yeah, that's where the company was founded, for yeah. sure. I mean, they got so much money, they can live everywhere if they yeah. wanted to. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe fucking TMZ needs to beef up their Arkansas <laughs> their beach. Their Arkansas beach yeah, head down to Fayetteville. Yeah, um, new branch there. Yeah. But, I, I, but, like, you know the name, like, like, I know the name George Soros, and I know the name the Koch brothers. I don't know how they made their money, but I know the names because they're out there, they're active, they donate to various causes that are... Mm-hmm. Um, kind of would benefit them like most people would, but those be- like they're they're very. I would say they're more public facing than the Waltons are. So to see them kind of leading the charge 
for this new wave or this new solution of privatizing fresh water and, and waterways is like, huh, like that's weird of all the things for that family to be publicly involved in. And this is this whole episode today is really stemming from a, an article written in the wall street journal. I think it was like on October 10th sometime last week. So I think it was October 10th. And, um, so they've started this foundation and they've in the, over the last 10 years and this, and it's like a non nonprofit foundation, but they've spent over $200 million basically talking about the Colorado river and, you know, that some of that money goes into ecological studies at universities and it's, you know, they get this grant founded and that grant founded and this and that. And then it's all about, they're kind of putting out and then it's, some of it's just straight up marketing where they just put out these, like the way to solve this crisis is through privatization. And I've been listening to this audiobook, not to brag by this, uh, this guy named Alan Watts. And he had a quote that stuck with me about uh not it wasn't about this but it could be applied to this where he says the road to hell is paved with good intentions so you know they they the waltons they might be like hey we got all this money like we need to like fucking solve this crisis let's privatize it you know that they, they might have like the best intentions in the world but then it's like okay what happens then if you privatize it and like nobody disputes this the prices go up right because you just you, instead of just having this what they have now is basically a pact that was signed by it's been in, in in use for over 100 years and it's all the states that are impacted by this waterway which is the colorado river which is wyoming colorado uh utah nevada california arizona and i think new mexico and they're all like they all signed this thing and that like you had the rangers involved you had farmers involved you probably didn't have native people involved because they just didn't really give a fuck about them that much back then and uh, but you had all these groups and they kind of came together and they signed this basically this law because that was one of the things from the water wars with Egypt and Ethiopia where they're just like, yeah, we have the Nile and we're just going to damn the shit out of the part that's in our country and you guys can fuck off somewhere. So this pact that was created 100 years ago was basically to like prevent that kind of a war by the states, like the individual states, because if you're Colorado and I don't you've been to Colorado. Yes. OK, so. You know, everyone talks about the Rockies, but most of the state is just like this flat, arid, like nothing going on. In theory, Colorado, if this was like how Ethiopia and Africa were doing it, they could just dam up the Colorado River and divert it and have like the most lush green um, farmland to the east of the Rockies that anybody could ever dream of. Right. Because that right climate, then they're like, well, then what you do is you just kill Southern California you kill Arizona, New Mexico, 40 million people now depend on the Colorado River some way, shape, or form. It's drinking water. Like I said, it's used for electricity and power, you know, like those hydroelectric dams, and for ranchers, like cattle ranchers, and for farmers. So a lot of, like, different interests, and they've had this kind of thing in place. And now the Waltons and others, but they're really leading the charge, are like, let's just privatize it. So then what happens? Who, who bids for the water? Who has the most money? Waltons. Well, the Waltons, but yeah. also like they're, they would then be in charge of selling it yeah, yeah, yeah. to other people. So if you're like some family rancher yeah. or some family farmer that's had used to this water for 100 years, your family's been out there forever, you own 160 acres, you just move cattle around it, you grow almonds, whatever, 
you might not have the capacity to get in a bidding war with Las Vegas, Nevada, right? Because Las Vegas, they get all their electricity, all their water, all the Mm -hmm. hotels, all those extravagant water features that you see around there. All that stuff is really supply. All the electricity for that is supplied by the Colorado River. And you might be a small farmer uh, growing fucking almonds or something like that. Or as a small farmer and your neighbors, you're surrounded by giant farms. Well, they might be able to afford that. Hey, let's take another quick break here because we got to talk about Upstart. And listen, we're never going to have as much money as the Waltons. I I mean, I wish. Yeah, I wish. And if you're listening, sadly, Mm -hmm. probably not either. Probably not. You know, unless you're one of the Waltons listening. Yes. Yeah. One of the unless the Waltons are listening. Yeah. But if you're uh, having some other issues, you know, you're 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 having trouble paying off credit card mm-hmm. debt, and everyone knows that that can be not great, and it could be yeah. enjoyable, and it could feel like a mound that just piles up and up. Uh, Upstart's here for you. It's a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan that's all done online. So whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt. Or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Um, over a million people, sorry, not half a million, over a million, hmm. even bigger number. Woo. So uh, the good thing about Upstart is rather than look at just at a credit score, they look at a bunch of other factors, which is important. They use your income, current employment, and credit history to find you a rate for a smarter loan, um, for a smarter rate for your loan. Uh, you can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive the funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can help you lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Eddie. That's upstart.com slash Eddie, E-D-D-I-E. Don't forget to use that URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information Provided in your loan application. Once again, upstart.com slash Eddie. Go do it. Get uh, get rid of that debt in a smarter fashion. Um, all right, let's hop back into it. Let's be clear here. The smallest almond farmer is using a lot of fucking water per year fun fact. Definitely. Okay, so I do have I do have that fact as well. So one little baby almond, right? Those little almonds are about the size of like your your you know, the top half of your thumb if you're your your thumbnail if you're being generous, right? Like that's how big an almond is takes three gallons of water to make one almond. That's fucking crazy. Okay. How about this, though? You ever had a uh, a pound of ground beef? Of course. Okay. Guess how many gallons it takes per pound of ground beef. God, if it takes fucking three for an almond, I'm going to say 33. 1,800. Oh, my God. 1,800 gallons per pound of grass-fed beef. Now, like there, that's, that's a shit ton. That's a shit ton, and and, and then there's also arguments. Like there's different side. Like you're kind of cherry picking data, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you would, you can make an argument that some of that water is returned to the soil as long as, especially if they're like these free range cattle that just kind of move around or even rotational grazing, that there re- a lot of that water is passing through and getting returned. It's good for soil health, so it's not just like this suck necessarily. But that's something that's above my pay grade. But there are two sides to to that story, and I'm sure there's one for the almonds as well. But that is a thing where it's like it takes three gallons of water to make one little almond. It's crazy. It's wild. It's crazy. And it just makes you think that we should just not be eating almonds. (laughs) And 80% of all the world's almonds are grown in that basin in California that I was talking about earlier. So they're using so much water to grow these almonds. And almonds, I feel like... 
in the last 10 years have exploded. Yeah. Like there's almond everything now. Almond milk. That kind of seems flour. like a problem. Like one of the most popular nuts is produced in yeah. an area that has a scarce water supply. And you could say the same thing about beef. Yeah. Like we're a country that eats, you know, a lot, lot of beef. a lot of beef. And if if the Waltons or the government or somebody says, actually, you know what? We're just it's, it's too much water. So we're going to start importing our beef. Then like then America doesn't produce any beef. We have to get it from Argentina. We have to get it from Brazil. We have to get it from China. We have to, you know, that that's doesn't seem like a great solution to me either. So it's it's really, I don't, again, I should preface this. I don't know what the answer to this problem is. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not on the Walton side. I'm not on the other side. It's just like, this is something that's going on. And I remember watching this documentary about California water wars on Netflix like a few years ago, being like, holy fuck, like three gallons of water for one almond? Like, that's crazy. And then you have these other communities, like these smaller communities, again, where if it was completely privatized, they can't bid successfully if you're a small community. There, there, all there are already problems in the southwest United States of these communities that have no running water because they can't like the city itself can't afford it. So if it's privatized completely and then we get away from this pact that's been involved for a hundred years, and then the Waltons are in charge or whoever is in charge of selling and treating it as a commodity, you're going to have a lot more communities that don't have access to water. The theory, the 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 plus side of the argument is, well, if it is more expensive, kind of by design through this privatization, well, then people will treat it as such. Okay, Ed, like you're a guy, you love the Turkish bathhouses, you love to take a take a soak, run that hot water, yeah, leave it, leave the water running while you're brushing your teeth, all that kind of stuff. If that, if you were watching all your money go down the drain, even if it's pennies at a time you would make sure that you would be a little bit more conservative with water, which might be a net benefit for the planet. So that is kind of like people are like basically treating this water like it's, you know, like they can just piss it away. And if we incentivize them to be more conservative with their use and just conserve and conserve that water in general, then that is a net, that's a net benefit for the climate. That's kind of what people are arguing is like, that's how we, restore the water levels to what they were what they were the other problem with this whole equation is that when they first came up with this pact they the year they wrote the pact and this goes back to like 1907 was the wettest year in history so they're looking at the colorado rivers like up to the brim right and they're like holy shit we got all this water and then the next year it's down to like normalized but you're 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 giving it away you're siphoning off section for California ranchers, farmers, Colorado, all these different states based on all-time record high levels. But in reality, like those figures really should have been rewritten. And the funny thing is, like people knew it. People knew it in like the 1860s that there's just not enough water to support like massive populations out there. I want to show you this map and I'll send it to Harry to like maybe put in the graphic. This is before the United States, the Western United States was really um like settled yeah so it was all just territories this is a map that this is what this guy his name was uh i got his name written down here because interesting guy john wesley powell he wrote he made this map which is like this thing makes no fucking sense he's got one two three four like probably like 14 different states out there but that map is based on um water flow 
He's like, the only way to like have these states be self-sufficient is if we draw these borders, not for political reasons, but as like built around the resources of the water. So this way, like California would have enough water for their Southern California, which would be a different state than Northern California by this design. They would have enough water. New Mexico, Arizona get split up into like four or five different states. Colorado split up into like six different states. And it's like, that's a really weird, interesting way to look at it. And then you had that guy in the 1860s. And then you had another guy named Eugene LaRue, who was the number one geologist um, in the world at that point. He went before Congress when this was all getting, this pact was getting agreed upon. And he's like, hey, like this is never going to work. You're using the wrong numbers the wrong flow, the wrong everything. But at that time, they were just like, they're so far down the road. And it was like, you know, you scratch my back. Like the typical Washington backroom thing, like my constituents need the water for this. I can't go back and tell them they can't have it. I'll get thrown out of office. So they just signed it. Hmm. Like it'll be someone else's problem. Now it's our problem. Uh, You know, it's the United States problem. And now the Waltons are trying to step up to solve this problem problem by being like give us all the water <laughs> like but we're gonna no, buy all the water no are they doing this from an investment point of view or is this more of a humanitarian thing because that could be good then right if the Boltons are like hey we're rich and like we don't want slapdick village no mm-hmm. offense to them whoever's yeah. running it maybe it's not ran the best and they think they could do a better job they could put more resources behind it mm-hmm. they look at this as their mission to america who has made them a lot of money yep and uh right i don't know i'm just looking at the other point of view, for possibly. sure and, and i think there is probably an element of that but they're also you don't get that wealthy without making sound investments i think they probably look at it as something that's going to be a commodity and something that they can sell and it should be pointed out too again this is like a two sides of the same coin sort of thing two of the um people who are on that foundation that they started they, they've spent 200 million dollars like on think pieces and uh, university studies and grants and things like that, which all all the science kind of favors how the Waltons think, ironically enough. Like that's, that's, that's just the way of the world. Like that's how things get done. You want your grant, your grant better, your study better find what we want it to find. And then it's like, it's not the Waltons found this, it's university of wherever found this, this study. So two people that were on the, on like running that organization now have been appointed to senior positions uh, the Biden administration. Mm. So if people are acting and and you have like private equity firms, it's not just the Waltons. People are kind of reacting, kind of reading the tea leaves being like, Hey, like there might be a chance that water is made instead of like a public utility. It's made like it's privatized. And then, then it is a commodity. And then you can just jack up the prices. And that's one of those things where it's like, I don't know what the answer is. I am pretty like, I think if you listen to this show enough, I'm kind of like a free market person, but it's like, how do you, how, how can you just like deny, be like, sorry, you don't have enough money for water. So you're fucking out yeah. like water. Like that's just like a basic human need that everybody has. Like, it's not, you should be able to turn on your faucet and get water. And it's, and it's, I don't know. If and it, especially now in today's time where everyone's so concerned about the rising levels, it's yep. like, how are we not, how are there still areas that. Don't have don't it. have it. Yeah, well, I think and it's a, it's a growing problem. Yeah, so it's like we're going backwards. So you know, we think of not having running water. Like you, if, when you hear about a place that doesn't have running water, you must be like, what? You know, is it Sudan? Yeah, you know, yeah. like are these these? You know, we got to do something to get these people like clean water. And then you have these donation drives. It's like actually no, it's like this little town in Southern California. Yeah, you know, so it's like oh well, shit, that's a real problem. 
And then there, part of the reason like this pact is there's kind of like a, if you don't use it, you lose it kind of mentality. So it's like, we're having a drought. Usually like when rations are scarce or they're divided equally and everybody takes a haircut. That's not how this works. And it won't be, it'll be even more dramatic when it's privatized because it's like, I don't care that some, you know, grapefruit or orange farmer downstate, I've got to grow my almonds. So I'll, I'll just, I'll just outbid them. And then those, so everybody who just can't afford the higher prices because the land and the, are owned by these bigger farms or they're owned by, you know, power companies or whatever that need that water. They'll always be able to win the rights, to the bids, and then you'll see other farms and industries just kind of die off, which I think is probably not the best. So no. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. All I know is that the situation right now is kind of fucked. And uh, but this is something like to keep your eye out on because it doesn't. To me, it doesn't seem like. When is pe- this? Like, what's what made you want to talk about this today? Is this is in that Wall Street Journal like last week. Okay, so yeah. this is like on the brink of making this happen. It, it's we're trending more and more that way. Wow. So pe- people on Wall Street, these different private equity firms, the, this Walton firm, they're kind of reading the tea leaves. Well, the Waltons took their two people from the Colorado River Foundation. I can't remember what the name of it is. And now they're in charge on a, on a, in the Biden administration of like man- asset managing for the Colorado River. So then they could go back and make a recommendation to Biden and be like, hey, like we got to just privatize it. And we have buyers willing to step in and buy the, the rights, the water rights to the river. And then they might just say, okay, you know, so, and, and people are, people around the market, um, and you know, they're, they're actively working for ways to create markets that you would buy and say trade water futures as if it was barrels of oil, you know? So it's like, oh, what's, what's, Ed, what's the price of water today? You yeah. don't fucking know, but you might, you could just look, you could, you know, like in that context, what it means like, oh, it's X amount per barrel for oil. Right. Like we're going to get to the same point if this goes through that, that water in the United States would be very run in a very similar fashion. Yeah. Damn. We'll keep an eye out. Yeah. Fucking Walmart's going to own water. All your bottle, all your Nestle's, all that just going to come right from the Walton family. Walmart branded water. Be crazy. That would be crazy. Well, how the fuck did the Great Lakes fit into this? It's a good question. I, I think you know this is a it's a bigger issue for the Western United States yeah. because they're the ones that are all relying basically on one river system, meaning the Colorado River. Yeah, and so like we get our water from Chicago; it's their water from Lake Michigan. I don't know if, how many people know that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think it, it's going to be something that's different for every region, um, and it's you know it's something that impacts them more than the 40 million people that live out there more than impacts us. And that's one of those things is like without the Colorado river, the Western United States, it just does not exist. Like if we fucked that up like a hundred years ago during settlement or something like that, it doesn't exist. And if you, and you can kind of chart this through the population of Southern California where like San Francisco was like booming after they had the gold rush, of 1849 LA was not that way. Cause they, they just didn't have water supplies and resources for that part of the country. And then these guys, you know, this guy named Mulholland and this other guy, Fred Eaton, they kind of secure, they found this, um, this, they built this aqueduct to supply LA with water. And you went from a population of LA in like, uh, 1900 of like a hundred thousand. 
They get this deal done with Roosevelt's administration between 1902 and 1907. They build this aqueduct. And in 1930, the population was 1.5 million. Gotcha. So, like, you're seeing a boom. And it's all directly tied to being able to grow food there, being able to have running water there, being able to have the resources to supply a city and and really a whole state based just on being able to secure enough water for that part of the country. Mm Mm-hmm. And now it's like some of the most the highest priced real estate in the world is Southern California. 150 years ago, it was considered worthless because you just couldn't do anything out there because it was all basically desert. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it is. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, all right. Thank you, Chief. Mm-hmm. Um, keep an eye out for this, everybody. That's yeah. all I could say. Yeah. And also, someone told me once before that there's like a stock that trades, that trades water. water. A water But ETF. it's hard to find. They don't like admit it. Huh. Someone DM me that again. Might want to invest in some water. Mm. That guy from the big shorts doing it. Yeah. Well, there right. is Invesco Water Resources ETF. There's First Trust Water ETF. So um, they, they are out there. Water yeah. ETF list. how what the guy said. He's like, this is a one that like don't like to say that it's water, but it's, it's water. But it's water? Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe he's lying to me. We'll have to crack that code next week. Very plausible. Yep. Um, well, all right. That's it for today, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next time.